Every time bus, we come into a stadium, bus. it's only gonna be us. Y'all need to know that. We're coming here to fight every week. Let's go, boss. I got that. They shot me in Denver. You who not? We're back in. It's an Aftermath Monday edition of the program. 303-831-1340. The hotline and the text line. Watch us at milehighsports.com. 98.1 FM if uh, you're about town. 107.5 HD3 will get us uh, anywhere. Uh, Thanks a lot for rolling with us on a Monday morning. Lots of choices out there. Um, okay, so Russell Wilson threw out the first pitch on Friday, a thing of beauty. He was a masterpiece. Heater. Went up there, uh, second nature, threw a hard right down the middle. It was pretty cool to see him and, you know, Chris Bryant and the Rockies kind of putting Chris Bryant up there as, you know, a superstar and their next superstar. I, I hope it, it's kind of true, you know. Um, the Rockies have always had incredible hitters. That's one thing that this franchise has always had and almost immediately from day one. I mean, the Blake Street Bombers and Dante and Andres and, you know, Vinny um, into Ellis Burks and Larry Walker to Todd Hell and even all the guys, in, you know, who the, the little guys who came in for the um, swan songs, the Kadires and the Jeremy Bernitzes and the Giambis. Um I'm leave, you know, it's they've always had guys who can mash. So while it feels like this is the first year, and last year they kind of didn't have that. Trevor Quote wasn't quite that guy. I hope Chris Bryant hits thirty some home runs, and we go to games. Uh, we get to see a couple of them, and I can't be mad at the Rockies forever. It's like, do you know what? Here's the comp. Check this out. I have kids that I coach. And they are either two. I'll give you two examples. One, they can't play. Okay. Why? Their dad didn't help them. Their dad don't help them. Okay. So am I going to be mad at the kid who can't play? Or am I mad at the dad? You know, the owner. Am I mad at the Rockies, the players? Who half of them, you know, didn't choose to be here. They're just here because they were drafted here. And they're trying to play major league ball. Do I, am I mad at those guys or am I mad at the owners? It's so, let me give you another one. Got a boy on the team. Grant. He's a handful. It's, he, it's like he can't really interact with the boys without something like going astray. He kind of takes it too far. He's his only child. And it's hard for, like, eventually the boys, like, are like, oh, all right, enough, Grant. Or, like, crying ends up happening. Tackling, you know, fighting, that kind of stuff. Get your damn act together, so, okay? Am, do I, I, I got to be mad at Grant because the kid can't kind of get his together? Or am I going to be mad at his parents for whatever's going on over there? You know what I mean? Am I mad at the Rockies owners? I'm mad at the Rockies players and Bud Black, and I'm mad. I'm mad at Coors Field. Oh, I'm mad at for thirteen dollar ticket ticket surcharge. I'm mad at Ticketmaster too. Who am I mad at? Who are you mad at? The Monfords. Okay, I just had that little coming to realization when we were at the game. It's like, am I mad at? I was. I like wanted to be happy for Chris Bryant. 
You know, he's uh, how it shook out with Arenado. It was personal, and then it was bad business, and the personal drove him out of town. Trevor Story's at the middle point of his career. He thinks he's at the turn. Trevor Story thought he was at the turn. He didn't. It wasn't about the money with Trevor Story. I promise you, they offered him close to Red Sox money. So it's about winning. He wanted to get out of here. Crone, go, go, you're a gomber. gomber. Quit acting like a couple gombers in there. I mean, Crone Gomber. That ain't no big cat. And Bichette and Ellis Burks. Who the f- You know what I mean? It's like, I don't know. Who the f- is that guy? So, I don't know. I want uh, the Rockies to compete unexpectedly. You know, we know deep down, maybe that's what sucks. Is like, even if they're kind of good, what's good? 500 baseball that might not get you into the playoffs. But I mean, like, we'll take that. You'll take that. But is it ever really worth it if you're not competing for championships? Because we're at the lowest totem pole there. The Broncos, all they do is try to compete for championships. It's all they do. And if you're thinking, what about the last five or six years? Well, what do you mean? They went from Peyton to Simeon to Paxton to Keenum to Flacco to Locke to Teddy to... Russell Wilson, sounds like they're trying pretty hard to me. You know, did they sit back and run it back with any of those guys for a second year? Not one. So while it came off the rails, the ultimate goal, and the Broncos were every single year, we're still trying to win a championship. Um, The Avalanche and the Nuggets, interesting cases. The Avalanche are unique in the sense that they've done it before. Hockey's different. You know, it's built different. And Joe Sackick knows what it looks like and feels like and tastes like and smells like. So I think they're close. They're close, close, close. But it might be one more offseason for the Avs and a little bit of shaking it up. Veteran or two come in there and find a way. But the expectation is now to win a championship. And anything short of that will be a disappointment. The Nuggets are, we have the you know back-to-back MVP of the league on our team. And injuries derailed not only, you know, seasons, but careers and potential dynasties and championships. The Nuggets are going through one right now. But under Michael Malone, the Nuggets have continued to produce and continue to um, inch their way. If it's not big steps, then it's at least baby steps closer towards winning a championship. And in the next couple of years, they'll be positioned to do so. Can they do it? Will they be good enough? Will they have, you know, what, what what it takes? We'll see. We'll see. I'm not so sure. I don't know. We'll see. But the Rockies, it's just like this, like, redheaded stepchild of a team that when you go down there, the vibe, it's like, it's great. The atmosphere, the ballpark is great. Great. It's got everything you'd want. Party deck, it's bumping. Um, you know, shaded seating, um, good cheap eats. Um, all of it, man. You buy, you know, like the whole hot dog outside the stadium. I don't know if they'd allow that kind of everywhere, you know. Um, Spanish lady sell me some pistachio and a drink before I go and all all that. You know, the hot dog guy is Joel. He's the same guy at the post office downtown at my post office box. That's where his main spot is and he does Rockies games. 
I mean, it's like the charm of making your hot dog right there before a ball game. It's special, but then the you know the product on the field product just doesn't quite match the standard of that cool walk over you know walking by Chop House through the McGregor Square stuff to to the stadium. Let's go out to the hotline and get our guy, singer songwriter. It's Chuck Nasty. Hey, Chuck. Hi, Danny. Hey. Hey, Danny. I've explained to you about the Rockies. Uh, let me try one more time. The Rockies have no incentive to improve. They sell 45,000 tickets every game. Mm-hmm. They're behind seven zip in the bottom of the second, and people are partying like they're having a great time. Mm-hmm. So you can go to the game and have a great time. I'm not saying you shouldn't. Or you can have a winning baseball team. Mm-hmm. But at this point, we can't have both. So if you want the Rockies to win, go to World Series, stop going to the game. Hey. I hate saying it, but that's Listen, the only Listen, going way. to the Rockies is like going to the zoo. It's like going to Cave of the Winds. It's well, like going to Casa Bonita. It's like going to Heritage Square. I don't even think these places like exist anymore. But Cubs game my whole life. Different. You know? That's different, though. They love baseball. They're talking. Their sports talk radio there in Chicago. They're talking about the double switch that you know Madden made. Whoever the or whoever the manager is now in the seventh inning and the uh, choice to. Uh, you know, um, lay that bunt down in the fifth. That's the kind of sports talk they're doing in Chicago because true. that's what matters in Chicago sports. The Cubs matter. At the Rockies game, everybody's talking about how cool they look dressed, what kind of cool sunglasses and uh, cool hats and all that. Not about the box, about the game. Like I always say, the the Montfords, they have the greatest business model in America. They spend pennies. They make billions. I mean, what's better than that? Mm Mm-hmm. Hey, so, but the reason I call it about Tiger. Okay. When was the last time you saw an ovation like that for somebody who came in 47th? I mean, the guy's got well, America. Well, he's the one of the he's the, probably the greatest golfer of all time. Probably, he's the most dominant golfer of all time. He changed golf forever. A sport where it's the I, I same stick and ball and you know blade that everybody uses. He changed it forever. That's well, I, unique. I saw Sam Snead, and he won six to seven tournaments in a row. Mm-hmm. So I don't think Tiger Woods ever. Well, did I think that. Jack's the greatest. Jack did There's it over. There's some great golfers. Do you out know there. what? Let's go to break. We got to go. I want to come back and talk about Tiger and some of the stuff on the other side. You better stick hey, around for it. It's going to be great, great stuff. Sounds great. All right, Daddy. Chuck. Later, buddy. Late. Oh, hold on a sec. Okay. Danny Williams, Jake Meyer, Nigel, the new producer in Hanging Out Today. It's Molly Sports. I look real good today. 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 Jumping out the mother. 
Sorry, Jake, I had to mix it up a little. Tired of hating my stepdad all day. I'm a ten piece. I look real what do you good think? Today. It's a acquired taste. Okay. I look real good today. We'll see what happens I with it, right? Okay. You gotta be careful with some of those. So, yeah. We got a few segments left with the show. Having a good time. Why don't we... What was I talking about? I promise you more Tiger stuff. Okay, so Tiger... Um, where was I going to go with the Tiger stuff? Um, okay. We were talking about the, uh, you know, the Jacks of the world. Okay, I got it. So, can Tiger win again okay and i mean a major i told the guys in the break earlier in the show that tiger woods and will play i don't know till the next five or six years maybe until he feels like he kind of can't compete anymore i bet you into his 50s he's in great shape maybe 10 more years okay at these four major championships if i'm tiger i don't go to the senior tour he's got way too much pride to go play on the senior tour it's kind of pathetic and if i'm tiger i play no more than two or three other tournaments a year about you know other than my four major championships uh and those are just tune-ups for like the u.s open this next time around because for one i think now tiger's only got so much golf left in him to play and you know and so many kind of swings championship you know, major championship equality of swings like, you know, left in his body uh, for one. But the discussion of is to, who's greater, Jack or Tiger? I mean, the 18, the 18 major championships for Jack speak for themselves, the 15 for Tiger. Tiger, when he came back to win that, you know, Masters a couple years ago, a year, years ago was kind of improbable. Um, could he get to 18? I don't think so. I don't think so. But Jack won a couple late ones in his career um, where we all remember him with the camera on him. You can't see the shot, but there's a little hill. He hits up and down over the hill. He's walking up with his putter up, and it goes in the hole. That's one of like, an iconic moment. And I told the guys that, uh, as legend has it, Jack said he overheard like the broadcaster saying, it'll be impossible for him to even put it close. And he goes and holes out. So... You know, I, I said earlier in the show how, ti you know, how transcendent Tiger is and how he changed golf forever. So I don't know if I could really, like, I, I've gone back and forth even in, just in the last two hours of who's the greatest of all time, Tiger or Jack. There's two cases to be made, okay? The Jack case is a great one. For one, he's got the most majors. Two, he has 19 runners up at majors. 19 times Jack came up second at ma at majors. For example, or for, you know, as a comparison, Tiger has like three, three runners up at majors. If Tiger didn't win it, he won in it, you know? So you want to check that out? Fact check time. Okay, let's do it. I might even say two, Jake. <laughs> Call me out. Um, so next the case, part of our case study, um, Jack in his day, had to play against Arnold Palmer, Gary Player, an all-time great Gary Lee, Lee Trevino, and uh, uh, the you know Chichi Rodriguez's, 
and the Tom Watts. These are other all-time greats, you know, and Chi-Chi really is an all-time great, but these are other all-time greats. Like all of the other all-time greats in the history of golf were all in Jack's era. Era. <laughs> Tiger, when he was in his prime, he was schooling fat souls like Marco Mera and Davis Love the Third. That's what golf was. Goofy pants and a fat ass. Remember, that's what Happy Gilmore said. You should see his neighbor. But he's a great golfer. Huge ass. That's what he says. So, and you know, Tiger, though, therefore, changed golf forever. They had to change the courses for Tiger. They had to change some of the, modify some of the clubs for Tiger. And while, like... Nigel's not like a young, like everyone thought there'd be a bunch of young, like black golfers because of Tiger. That didn't happen. For one, golf ain't urban. It's very, very expensive for anyone to go play golf, to be good at golf, to literally to go out and practice golf. You know, um, you need, you know, the driver range is 10 bucks, let alone going to pay 40 bucks, 50 bucks, 60 bucks at your Denver City Muni. What do you got for me, Jake? Don't forget my where I'm at here. Tiger Woods seven times was a runner up. At majors? At majors. Where's this information you have? Essentially sports. <laughs> okay. Never heard of them. Who would have? Okay, what were they? What were the tournaments? Um, Let's see. You don't got to do that. 15 major tournament wins, but along these times, he has a bunch of runner-ups as well. Seven players denied him seven titles. They are Rich Beam, Michael Campbell, Zach Johnson, Angel Cabrera, uh, Trevor Immelman, uh, Y.E. Yang and Brooks Kepka. So that's who he finished second to okay. in the seven tournaments. Okay. But it says right here, Jack, 19. Yeah. Phil, Phil Mickelson, 11. Okay. Oh, Phil was the bridesmaid a lot of occasions. Phil was like, remember the greatest golfer in the world to not win a major until he finally broke through? He was, you know, he was kind of older too. So last things on Tiger. Um, while there's not like a herd of young black golfers in the tour, like the Dustin Johnsons and the Rory's guys who like kind of look like athletes and, you know, and could they chose golf instead of playing other sports such as tennis and soccer and lacrosse. I mean, not real sports. You know what I mean? But that's what happened. You know, that, like those guys are athletes. Dustin Johnson looks like an athlete, you know, but, you know, uh, so, yeah, who's the greatest of all time? I think Tiger was the most dominant but the you know the greatest body of work and career has to go to Jack. There, I said it. Let's go out to the hotline and get our guy. It's D I A Bert. Hey Bert. Hey, what's up, Danny? What's hey, up, remember buddy? when Patrick Law got hot? And what do you mean, like hot and like fought? Mike Vernon, hot? No. Did you see Darcy Kemper with the Oilers? He just got hot. Oh, okay. Nothing. Yeah. It was a brick wall. I'm telling you, he was a brick wall. He even did the. You ever see that movie Young Bloods when Rob Lowe was out there and he says, "Don't touch the puck until you're ready to go." And that guy's doing this or doing that. Mm -hmm. yeah. Darcy, Darcy can't shut that guy down. <laughs> that is badass. All of them. Yeah. Well, I guess when you go into overtime and it's still uh, a tie, and then after that they go to a shootout, which is really cool. You ever see that? No, tell me about it, stud. See, what they do is one goes, and then they try to get a point, which they can't because mm -hmm. there's, there's three tries. Okay. So he went and didn't get a point from Darcy Kemper, and then the other one, he did right away. He got that one point. 
And then after that, it was just over. Lights out. He might as well just bring it back home. Now the Colorado Avalanche have to play the Los Angeles Kings. Okay. The Del- uh, the Devils, New Jersey Devils. Mm-hmm. The Hurricanes on Saturday night. They're going to see what type of a hockey team they really got. Then after that, it's the Caps. Mm. They get them out all the way to Minnesota. I'm telling you. Okay. This kid is just as hot as Patrick okay. Wall. Interesting. Mean, well, again, that sounds a little crazy to be comparing him to Patrick Waugh, but one thing you're known for <laughs> is being a little crazy. Hey, 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 I'm not crazy. I'll jump off the building. No, no, calm down. <laughs> I didn't mean like that. Everybody just calm down. Nobody freak out. Nobody panic. Um, okay, I'm not panicking. Okay, okay. Uh, what about DU hockey? I don't know really get into D who hockey. Oh, that's rude. Well, they're national champs, so you know. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. They're actually winning championships, so I don't know, you know, oh, yeah. what the Avs plans are for the future, but Danny, we go by winners, not losers. I oh. want winners. <laughs> You've got to be number one. I won't tolerate any losers in this family. Your intensity is for shit. Win! 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 We gotta go, Bert. Did you hear who's going to want to put his hat in? Um, well, well, the oh, owner of Walmart. I heard that. Mr. That Mart. $5 billion. <laughs> He's everything we wanted. Do it with me. Do it with me. It with me. Wait, hold, hold on. Hey, hey, hey. $4 billion. Four <laughs> 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 All right, we got to go. That, that freak. TV laugh. Oh, my God. <laughs> Love you. Bye. bye. Is he still there? Just let him keep talking to himself for a minute or two. Uh-oh. Yeah. Okay. Got them speakers in my ride. I like to keep them bumping. I'm hustling, chasing dreams in hopes that I could become something. I okay. Say, say thank you, but it's nothing because I had to keep it. What do you know about this? He's already better than Drake. I know that. I know it ain't Drake. This guy actually sounds unique. Oh, I love um. Just tell me what it is. It's Boz. B-A-S. Boz? Skaggs? Not Boz Skaggs, right? No, just no. This isn't selling Boz, Boz Skaggs. Do you know who Boz Skaggs is? No. Well, we'll find out more on the other side. Smiley Sports. The Gin Blossoms, and your headliner, Boz Skaggs. What do you think? It's funky. It is funky. I didn't know Boz Skaggs was so funky with it. I wasn't expecting this. He doesn't look funky. He does not look funky at all. Actually, he looks like a bit of a magoo. He looks like Rick Astley. You're a gomber. All right, 303-831-1340, the hotline and the text line. Join the conversation if you would like to. We'd like to hear from you. Uh, Let's 
let's uh, talk a little bit about who you think will be the next Lakers coach. Do you remember who I predicted some time ago? The return of give this guy some credit. I mean, for real. Remember that guy, Phil give Jackson? Oh. I mean, for real. That would be interesting. I'm going to have nailed that one. We add this to my repertoire. I'll add it in there. Okay. I'll throw it in there. Thanks. Yeah. I think Phil Jackson's the next coach of the Lakers. He wants back in, I think. He's with Jeannie Buss. You know, baby mama. Not baby mama, just baby. Um, add a baby, it's a boy. Uh, yeah. The only problem with that is, and this is my own stuff, so I'm tearing down my own argument. Remember that Phil Jackson said that LeBron, he has to hang out with his posse. Posse. My posse's on Broadway. And it, LeBron took offense to that like it was like racist. Racist undertones. So I think LeBron is emotional when he responds to stuff and does it on social media. And back in the day, you think these things through. You have to put a press release out. or have to have someone do it and help you with it. It has to be, you know, actually put out there. It's not, it's not easy. It gives you time to think about it, what, you know, and decide if you're going to go through with that kind of stuff. I think LeBron would probably take that kind of stuff back. And I don't think Phil Jackson meant it like that. I think Phil Jackson means you have LeBron. You got 10 guys are hanging around with him all the time. Rich Paul and Adele and, uh, and Bronny and, you know, I don't Who else is LeBron hanging out with? What's wrong with that? Um, yeah. You don't want, you know, his trainer guys hanging around at your practices. You don't want his agent hanging around at shoot arounds. It's the, like it's taken away from focus and attention of winning a championship. And even though that guy is totally worth all that, it's Jordan didn't have none of that. Jordan didn't have none of that kind of stuff around. He was about basketball, about getting on, you know, his guys and trying to get his all these bunch of losers he's played with to play up to his level. level. Right? Yeah, I, I get what he's where he's coming from, I guess, but I don't think it really makes that big of a difference. Who's a candidate for the next Lakers head coach? Quinn Snyder. Who said that? Um, That's great. I did. Oh, that's good. I think that... Uh, that's really good. He can't get it done with the Jazz. But listen... It's okay. not to any Ooh. faults of his own. You know, those guys, that cast of characters, they just can't get it done. And I think it's more... It has to do with the squad than it does his coaching. And he's he's a, a wonderful coach. I think he could go to the Lakers and, you know, see eye to eye, get try to level with, you know, LeBron. And I don't... I think he could handle all those personalities. If he could handle the Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell situation, he, I think he can handle these. That guys. the Jazz have a way brighter future than the Lakers. If there's Quinn Snyder, like looks good, you know, got the hair tendrils, right? He wears that black on black. You know what I mean? He kind of looks L.A. This is L.A. Remember that one? 
That's cute, man. It's cute. Brody? You want to tell Nigel about me and Russell Westbrook's beef? Oh, yeah. Tell him all about the beef. Okay. Damn. Long story. So I'm reporting for the Associated Press at the time. I don't know if you've heard of them, Nigel. They're only the world's largest and oldest news organization. <laughs> Anyways, I'm covering, I'm covering the thunder that night. Okay. And I'm in the road locker room. We're waiting for Russell Westbrook. Okay. I'm right there. I need to talk to him. I need some quotes. I got to go some uh, transcribe some stuff. I'm on a deadline. I got to hurry. So you got to wait patiently while they're buttoning their stuff up and they come. Try not see any wieners or anything like that. Um, and then uh, Russell puts on. He's got these black skinny jeans. Okay. Mm hmm. And he's got like these Chuck Taylors that are like Chuck Taylor times Gucci crossovers, you know, like something like that. Okay. Some rich people. Stuff. They're, they're Chuck Taylors. That's what they were. You know what I mean? And then he puts on a black and white flannel. So I said, Russ has got that Colorado look going tonight. And he looks at me and goes, F you. F that. This is LA. And I go, L.A. This is Boulder, Colorado. This is this. This was invented in Boulder. This outfit right here you have. That's a Boulder, Colorado look. And he wants to fight right away. Luckily, it didn't have to go down like that. Okay, uh -huh. but he cussed me. He looked me in the eyeball, and I was like, Brody, don't chill, bro. Kind of had to be separated. And most of that story is true. Most of that story is true. That's it. This is L.A., he says. It's a flannel with a skinny jean and a Chuck Taylor. That's about as boulder as it gets. That's, a, that's, that's Capitol Hill. I mean, like, that's like Jake, Jake wears that two days a week. That's a Jake uh, a special. If anything, Jake put that thing together back when the Highlands was North Denver. As Jake's been rocking that one. What do you think about it, Jake, the whole thing? You remember that? That's what happened? Hold nothing, on. Nothing, Sorry. nothing happened. Everything's good. Pony looks great. Oh, thanks. What? Um, why no tendrils today? Uh, didn't feel like it. They're, they they didn't come out naturally. That's you what know, I'm that's kind of what, it, yeah. what it needs to happen. Yeah. So like, if I'm gonna try to like pull one out, it, yeah. it just doesn't look right. Yeah. I don't want any fake tendrils, Jake. I want the real thing. No fake tendrils. Exactly. I gotta have the real deal. And the flannel, you know, you know. It's a good look. Well, again, like I said, I was telling, I was telling Nigel that that look that Russell Wilson claims to have put together this is Westbrook. L.A. That what I say, Wilson. Wilson. Sorry, uh, West, on your mind. Westbrook. Um, you know, it's uh, easier to say Westbrook than it is to say Westbrook. It is now. <laughs> Brody, what a guy. He's still like a top ten point guard of all time. Fifteen. Ooh, I had to look at it. Top ten, I would Top say. Top ten. Once you get to the end of the line, it's like Chauncey and like Rod Strickland and Gary Payton. You're trying to think of guys to put on there. He's he was greater than those guys. I'm pretty sure. Individually, but yeah. as like a team player and uh, a champion. No, no he has no Chauncey was a champion. Chauncey's underrated. He's hard to peg. Because there's people who might look at Chauncey as like way down the list of all-time point guards. But then there's people who look at Chauncey as like inside the top 10 point guards of you know all time. 
It's interesting. 10, things. 11. He's kind of We can do range. it. We'll do it on the, the other, other side. side. All right. Danny Williams, Jake Meyer, Nigel in hanging out with us today. One final segment. Let's finish strong before we get out of here. Are you strong, Nigel? Because I'm strong. Jake, are you are strong? You strong? They said, I'm strong if you strong. I said, we strong, man. Molly Sports. Final segment of the show. Thanks for being with us. 10.46 a.m. We're live from the Tech Center. The Warriors. Uh, let's take a little bit of a closer look at the Warriors, okay? So, they beat the Pelicans last night. They needed that to kind of lock up and secure three. Um, the three seed. And they went out there and hammered the Pelicans. They were without Valachunas. Um, but again, no Steph Curry. Draymond's back. He's been playing. Played 25 minutes last night. They got Clay Thompson, who went for 41 last night. He's kind of back. He's kind of back, okay? And I bet you next year seeing this, what he was able to do last night and, at, you know, the last few weeks, I think Clay comes all the way back next season. Jordan Poole is a good guard. He's a really good guard. And they just got some little gritty gutties like uh, Gary Payton II, that uh, Damian Lee, is that his first name? Yes. Kaminga? Uh, Kaminga. Kaminga? And then Looney, that big cat. That's you know, that's an outfit. That's an outfit right there. It, I don't think they're world beaters, though. No, no, they're not. They're not one what they once were in the dynasty days. But they're still a very solid NBA team. They, um, when when healthy. I mean, if James Wiseman comes back healthy, then I would say maybe they're not world beaters, but they're they're right up there with. With the Suns. Can the Nuggets beat the Warriors without Steph Curry? No. Absolutely not. The Nuggets can't beat a Warriors team without Steph? Oh, I thought you said, can the Warriors beat the Nuggets without Steph? No. Uh, I, did, I don't know. Maybe I did say that. So the Nuggets can beat the Warriors without Steph. Okay. Can they beat the Warriors with Steph? Yes, they can. <sighs> but it'll have to be seven games. Grind it out. Somebody's got to get... You know, Draymond's going to get thrown out of a game because he gets in a fight with Boogie. He Okay, Steph Curry is expected to be reassessed today on a sprained ligament in his foot that kept him out of the last 11 games as they're jockeying for position and kind of had some stuff to play for. So his, uh, his status will be up in the air as of... Uh, like, you know, the entire weekend, he'll, uh, quote unquote, will come down to the wire. I'd say they probably don't play him in game one or game two unless they need him. If they lose game one, Steph plays game two. If they win both the games, well, then you have some wiggle room. And it's, you know, if that's a team with aspirations of winning a championship and they'll, you know, do it accordingly. So, yeah. Uh, 
Steve Kerr said it takes all it takes is one game for Steph to go from injured list to first team All NBA. I don't know if I believe that to be true. Um, they've had injuries the entire season. The Warriors, but they've also maintained and you know still been elite and have come back this year to look you know and make a lot of people believe they're that team again. They're that team. Um, they go with the they've been going with the starting lineup of Poole, Clay, Wiggins, Draymond, and Looney, and then like their secondary guys are kind of pools like your first secondary guy or your starter without Steph, uh, Gary Payton the second. Um, they got Iguodala and Otto Porter, right? Damn, I forgot about those guys. Holy cow! Otto Porter is a problem for the Nuggets. He's a matchup problem because he's just the athlete. He's a quick thinker and decision maker. Damn, the Nuggets going to have their hands full. We'll see. The biggest key is going to be what, you know, how do they stop Jokic? And then whoever Jokic makes the second and third best players on the team that night. So we got to have some heroes step up for it. Like we know Wiggins is a, can be a great player. Clay's an all-time great player. And so is is Draymond. So how do we overcome all of those guys? What guys are going to step up to do that? What's so funny over there? We got a text from Dirty Mike and the boys. He says, Steph Curry's bones are made of pie crust. Not worried about measly Golden State. Warriors, come, come out, out and play. My dad came to JJ's game yesterday. He lives in the mountains, and we played the Warriors. So when my dad, I can hear him in the background going, Warriors. It was pretty funny. That movie is from his era. Era anyways, but we know we've adopted it. We're going to finish up with the text line. we got uh, a bunch more to get to. Let's do it. Uh, Noit says, DH in the NL makes baseball even harder to watch. Terrible rule change. And I'm with you there, Noit. The the DH takes away some of the strategy in baseball. Well, t- tons. That's why those leagues were so different for so long. It kind of made it unique. I don't know why now you would do that. You it, know, it, it actually, you know, for some teams, you're thinking, well, that's an extra slugger. Go get me a Mark Trumbo type. But for teams like the Rockies, you can't, like, go get that guy. That utility positional Tapia kind of guy was very special and unique and an advantage. Now when you got 10 or 15 teams you can just go get clubbers to just, you know, hammer, you know, fastballs, it just changes the dynamic of the league and the games and and even the roster itself. F. Lewis says, does Barton show up for playoffs or can Nuggets finally dump him? I think He's not going to show up, and this will be the final straw. The Nuggets are finally going to realize, like, why do we have this guy on the roster? He's just eating up money and a roster spot. Porter, Barton, a piece, and two picks for Bradley Bill. That's a win-win for everybody because you pair up Michael Porter with, you know, uh, Kuzma. That's a young core of guys. Um, uh, Will Barton's a veteran guy to help make it make sense there. 
You have Kristoff, so they can maybe move one of those pieces that they currently have and just try to recalibrate and, you know, Tankopotamus, get you a, a, the next Bradley Bill, and it's a reboot, not a rebuild. So um, if I'm Bradley Bill, I got to get out of there because John Wall wasted his entire career there, a career that never panned and... You know, for a lot of reasons, but it's just the truth. He's an afterthought now. John Wall had a chance to be an all-time great. You know, Kyrie-esque in a lot of his abilities. Yeah, yeah, and uh, the Wizards wasted his talent. Yes. Um, but before we get out of here also, uh, we we didn't touch on Dwayne Haskins, uh, you know, getting— Yeah, I'm sorry about that. Uh, yeah, hit by a dump truck. Do we know any more about that, what happened? Um, well, why was he on the— street? Highway like that. I don't know. The, uh, Before the, we start, like, speculating stuff. Right. It hasn't come out why he was there. You know what? I It was weird. Well, I, sorry to interrupt you. I saw a picture of him and his wife. She's, like, beautiful. You know what I mean? He's a through 50 touchdowns at Ohio State. I remember, you know, what an incredible guy he was. And so you might think just because he's not a starter in the NFL being a star, he's, you know, there's only a certain amount of guys who do that job. He's still, like, a, you know, important person. And the guy who is a real NFL player when there's not a lot of these guys. So Yeah, Mike Tomlin was talking about how big of an impact he was on not only the Steelers team and their, their team building, but also the community as he, w he was a, a huge focal point in giving back to the community. And He had and the weight of the world on his shoulders in together. Washington. They were a horrible team, and it's hard for a guy – uh, to one guy to go turn all that around with the weight of the world on his shoulders. It's almost a no-win. It's almost a no-win situation. So, you know, he was he's one of these guys who will, like, I guess we'll never know how what he could have been in a different, you know, outfit, you know? But that's it. That's the whole show. Nigel, thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. It's good having you. I like that you're a part of the team in the show. Hope you, you know, um, are cool with me making fun of you every now and then. It's not that because I love everybody. You know, on you're just uh, you kid the ones you love. Yeah, that's right. That's Earth where it says, you know, if I didn't say anything, that means I don't, I, won't, I don't even care about you. But if I make fun of you, that means I love you. I know it doesn't make sense. But I'm just trying to tell you right now, I love you. Uh, Jake, good stuff. How's that a new purple car of yours? Oh, it's doing good. It's Damn, doing what's good. the color of that? Uh, plum crazy. Woo, plum crazy. <sighs> that's wild. We're going crazy. Uh, we'll see you guys tomorrow. Appreciate you guys, and we love you guys. Good night, Sheila. Good night. Good night. Thank you, Sheila. Bye, Terry. Bye, Sheila. I'll never forget tonight. Bye, Terry. All right, Alan, whatever. Go inside. Bye, Sheila. Bye. See, you, see you, Terry. Bye, Sheila. I don't know if you heard me. Bye, Terry. Bye, Sheila. Now I'm about to make them tuck their whole summer in. They say I'm crazy.